Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Panella, and I'm so happy to have you here. I am feeling inspired to talk about this topic for this week. I actually had a completely different episode recorded and edited and ready to be posted for you guys, but I don't feel like it's the right time to post that episode yet. And also I'm feeling inspired because I posted a TikTok this week that caught a little bit of traction. It went a little viral. I can't help it, but it reached a large amount of people. And there is a ton of you that agreed with what I said, reached out to me and DM'd me and messaged me, thanking me for talking about it and giving my perspective on it. And a lot of you feel a lot more comfortable in your relationships and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought my boyfriend didn't love me. I thought that like, you know, I was comparing myself to so many other people and their relationships on social media when I realized like my boyfriend is very similar to yours, yada, yada. But there was also a lot of people who disagreed with me. And from the comments that I read, I think those people kind of misconstrued what I was saying. You know how people are on TikTok. They take literally one thing you say and one snippet, and then they twist it and turn it into this whole thing, which everyone is entitled to their own thoughts and opinions and beliefs. But it kind of goes, it's ironic. It goes hand in hand to what we're talking about today. I think that they received and interpreted the message differently than what I was trying to say. And that's exactly what we are going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about communication in relationships. I'm going to be walking you through the basics of communication. And also I'm going to be walking you through my own relationship and how my boyfriend and I have navigated communication in a bunch of different settings. We have been together for almost four and a half years now, and we're only 24. So I feel like this is just my personal belief, maybe because it's the people I'm surrounded by or the people that I know, but long-term relationships that are healthy in today's day and age at a younger age, I feel like it's not super common just from my own understanding. Maybe I'm totally wrong and missing the mark on that, but I don't feel like they're really common. And this isn't to sound conceited or anything at all, but my boyfriend and I have such fan-fucking-tastic communication skills, and we understand each other on a whole different level because we have figured out how to communicate with each other. And I know the saying, communication is key. Like when people ask, what's your best advice for long distance relationships? What's your best advice for long-term relationships? And people are like, communication is key. Like what the fuck do you mean by that really? Like what really is communication? How do you find that key? Like what do you mean by that? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I wholeheartedly believe that if you can figure out communication in your relationship, how you like to be communicated with and how to communicate with your partner in a way that they like to be communicated with, you will find that your relationship will be so much more simple and easy 
Like relationships should be easy. Yes, you have your hardships you go through. Yes, you have your differences and maybe, you know, you had difficult conversations and maybe there's a few arguments, whatever. That's normal. I know everyone says that, but I swear most of the knockout drag out fights that you're having with your significant other, it's probably due to miscommunication. I can almost bet my life on that because truly it's usually a miscommunication in some form that you guys are kind of missing with each other. And if you figure out how to respectfully and thoughtfully communicate with one another, oh my God, it's going to change the game. So enough chit-chatting, let's get into it. So let's start with the basics of communication. I'm going to run you guys through like a little lesson right now. So get out your notebooks. I'm your teacher, Soph. Welcome to the school of Soph. Let me toot my horn for uno momento and let me put myself on my high horse, okay? I majored in journalism with an emphasis in public relations and advertising, and I also have a minor in business administration. That's what I graduated with in college. Now, journalism is communication. That is what journalism is. It's communicating to the mass, communicating to the people. And we learned, and I learned so much about communication, even though I had an emphasis in PR and ad, we learned a ton about communication. And I learned this lesson about the basics of communication that really changed, completely changed the way that I thought about how I communicated to others and also the way that I interpret information. Now let's start with this. Every single person is going to receive and decode information differently. We all interpret communication differently. And that is based on who we are as people, what environment we grew up in, your childhood, the people who you were surrounded by, your school setting or athletic setting or family setting. You learned how to communicate in those specific settings, and that is an individual experience. So even if somebody says something one way, half the people will probably be shaking their head, being like, absolutely not. I don't agree with that. The other half of the people are going to be nodding their head and being like, I totally agree with that. Because the way that we all interpret things are different. I think understanding that basic concept of everybody encodes and decodes communication and a message differently is the baseline. Now, with the basics of communication, there is a sender and a receiver. The sender is the encoder. The receiver is the decoder. The encoder sends a message through a channel which can be through written expression, maybe a text message, a book, a magazine, whatever. Or maybe it's just audio through, you know, your phone of a voice memo, or maybe you're on the phone with somebody or whatever. Or maybe it's visual and audio. You can see it on the TV. You see it on your phone. You're scrolling through TikTok. You're watching videos. You get what I mean. And then on the other end of that, there's the receiver, which is the person that decodes all of this information that they're getting. They're decoding that message 
through that channel, whatever that may be. That is the basics of communication. Now, my boyfriend and I actually started out long distance, which is crazy. And I know so many of you are curious about long distance relationships. So we're going to start there. Communication with long distance relationships, because that's how my boyfriend and I created the foundation of communication. We did a little bit of trial and error on how we like to communicate long distance. And I want to let you know that it will differ, but I am going to tell you the way that we did it at first that didn't work and how we changed things up and how that worked for us. This may not work for you, but maybe you can give it a shot and see if it does. So my boyfriend and I met sophomore year, the winter break of sophomore year, of my sophomore year of college. I was still going to University of Oregon at the time. This was a few months before I ended up transferring, well, dropping out. I dropped out. I didn't know where I was going to school yet, but I dropped out of school. So this was a few months before that. And I knew that prepare to cringe. I am warning you. I knew that the night that I met my boyfriend, Nash, I loved him. I remember the moment, I remember it so vividly that I fell in love with him. It's never happened to me before in my life. I know it's cringy. I know. I warned you, okay? But I knew. I just knew right away. I knew he was the one. We're two peas in a pod. We just clicked right away. Our energies matched. I just, it was great. It was, I've never experienced anything like it before. So, Knowing that I only had a week and a half left until I went back up to Oregon was so difficult. Like we hung out with each other every single day. It happened really quickly. We fell for each other very, very quickly. We said the L word (laughs) pretty quickly and we met each other's families quickly. Like it happened so fast. And also because we had a timeline of like, okay, I'm leaving soon. Like if you come meet my mom, come meet my dad, like I'll meet your family, whatever. And it happened really, really quickly. And it was great. It was awesome. But I knew I was like, listen, dude, like I'm leaving in a week and I really like you. And this is a conversation that we had before I went back up to school. Now, at the time, he was still living at home playing um, baseball in junior college, which I want to say any any collegiate athlete, shout out to you, but any JUCO player, any buddy who's playing a sport at a community college, those are the real fucking grinders. I mean, you get no help with school. You get no extra help with anything. You don't get any swagged out equipment. You don't get a tutor that's one-on-one that's helping you out with shit. Like you have to figure it out all yourself. And people who are going through that grind, it's insane. So he had his own stuff to deal with, even though he wasn't going through a similar experience of me being at a big university and going out and doing that, he was busy and on a whole different level in his own way. So I told him, listen, dude, I want to continue to talk to you. Like I want to make this kind of a thing between us if you want to, but I need to forewarn you that I like to party. I've got a lot of guy friends. My house is kind of a party house. I live in an old frat satellite house or live out, wherever you call it. I live in an old frat live out. A lot of people are in and out. Like I'm going to be going to Whistler. I'm going to be going to Ohio. It's going to be my 20th birthday. Like 
do you want to sign up for this? Are you, are you ready for that? That's, that's the life I live. Are you cool with that? And he was like, yeah, we're, we're good to go. So I'm like, there's a baseline. I got that out of the way. It's going to come as no surprise that I've got a lot of dudes in my life that are my close friends. You know, I like to go out. I like to do my thing. He knows that. So we set this, we set the tone, set the scene there. All right. So I get up to school. This is my first serious long-term relationship. Serious is in the fact that we've only been dating for two weeks. Okay, relax, relax. It happened quickly. But, and we weren't even officially dating, but we celebrate our anniversary as the night that we met our first date. Like we celebrate our anniversary then because we have just been inseparable then, even though we had a period of time where like we wanted to make sure that it worked out long distance first before we fully committed. But we just knew like there was never a time where we were like, should we be dating. Like, I think we should just make it official. Like, are we already dating? We're there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. That was kind of how it was for us. It wasn't like anything too serious or too crazy. But anyways, I get up to Oregon. It's my first week of school. He's back in school. He's back in the grind in the swing of things with playing baseball. And since it was spring, we're getting winter spring here. He's like in the thick of it with baseball. He's done with preseason. Like they're getting into the swing of things. They're getting ready for season, whatever. We started out talking all day, every day. And these are how the conversations went. We would say good morning to each other. Then he'd be like, okay, well, you know, what's your plan? I'm like, oh, I'm going to class right now. What about you? And he's like, okay, I'm driving to school. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm in class. And then he, he would say, all right, I'm, I'm heading to class too. I'll text you after. And then I'd be like, cool. And then I'd get out of class and be like, Hey, just finished. And he's like, cool. So did I, what are you up to? Then I'd be like, oh, I'm going home and I'm going to eat. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm good. Okay. Boring so surface level, not genuine. By the time that we got to the evening time where we maybe had a little bit more time to chat with each other, we would maybe call each other FaceTime and be like, oh, well, how was your day? And I'd be like, well, I kind of already told you about it. You know, just like went to class. And like, he already knew what I did. He already knew what I did. We both agreed very quickly. I'm not even joking you, less than a week into school, I told him, I was like, we need to have a conversation. I'm like, dude, I cannot text you all day, every day. Like, this is not what works for me. I feel like it's not genuine. Like I'm getting bored of these conversations. And he's like, so am I like, what should we do? And I'm like, why don't we say our good mornings when we wake up and then let's just not talk to each other throughout the day, maybe throw a little updates here and there, but not text each other at all throughout the day. And then let's like give each other a phone call or FaceTime, depending on how much time we had in the evening. And then we can just chat about our days. And he's like, perfect. I'm not even kidding you. The first day we did that, it was incredible. It was incredible. And that is something that we still apply to today. Even though we live together, when we're apart from each other, we don't really text that much at, at all. We we just don't, we're not up each other's asses. And I'm not saying that if you do text your partner all the time that you are, again, this is not going to work for everybody, but I know that this is something that worked really well for Nash and I. And 
the first day we did it, it worked amazing. We like did a quick call in the morning and I'm like, this is my plan for the day. I've got school, then I'm going to study, then I have, you know, a chapter meeting and then I'm going out to dinner and then I'll be home around this time. Then we can maybe talk then. And then I'm like, what's your plan for the day? He'd be like, okay, I'm going to class. I've got weights, then I have class and then I have practice. I'll be home way later after you. So that's probably when we can chat. And then I'd be like, perfect. This is like a few minute conversation. So I already knew kind of where he'd be at, what his plan was for the day. He kind of already knew where I'd be at, what my plan was for the day. And then I'd be like, okay, love you. Like, I'll talk to you later. Like update me if you need me. He's like, perfect. Now, obviously if anything major happened, like if I got into a car accident or if something really crazy happened, I would text him and be like, oh my God, you won't believe it. Like, it's not like I didn't text him throughout the day. It's just that we really did not talk as much. I mean, it broke it down from like talking every minute to like barely any. So then by the time we got to the conversation at night, I was so excited to talk to him because I was like, I have so many things I want to share with him. Like, and then I want to hear about his day. Like, I don't know what happened. Like it made me crave him and want him and want to talk to him. And it made the conversations so genuine and fun because we were both like in on it. We were both, I was like, okay, how was your day? And then he'd break down his day and and you would find that when you get into those conversations, instead of just being like, Oh, I went to class. Like you already know, cause we talked about it. I would be like, Oh my God, I went to class, but you won't believe what happened in class. Like this guy came in running late, like blah, blah, blah. You just kind of find that you dig more deep into your days, which makes it more genuine because you analyze it and you're like, okay, what do I want to share with him? Because he doesn't, he doesn't really know a ton of what went down today. And it made it really genuine. And I told, Totally encourage you if you don't already do this form of communication to try it. It won't work for everybody. You may be the type of person that needs to talk to your partner all the time, and they may be the same where they need to talk to you. And if that's what's healthy and that works for you, that's amazing. There is no right or wrong way to communicate. It's just whatever works best for you. So don't think that this is like if you talk to your partner all the time and you guys like that, don't think that like when you're listening to this that you're doing it wrong. You are doing it the right way for you and snaps to that, sis. I I love that for you. But I know that a lot of people do struggle with maybe their partner reaches out to them too much or maybe they feel like they reach out to them too much or they need just sometimes you just need a shift in communication in your relationship. And I'll tell you that it makes me crave him. It makes me still to this day, four and a half years later, excited to like hear about his day and hear about things because it just, it makes it so much more genuine. So we established that communication, long distance communication at first. And that really strengthened our relationship a ton being long distance because it it really is so difficult. I mean, luckily I did transfer home within like a few months. So it wasn't anything that was too, too long of long distance. Really. We only did a few months, but it, you know, whether you do a few months or a few years or whatever, long distance sucks. It's not fun and it's not easy. Now, some of you may be thinking like, how do you keep the spark alive in long-term and long distance relationships? That's one of the ways the way that you communicate is how you keep the spark alive. And I feel like not talking to them as much and having those genuine conversations, it, it, what makes you crave them and want them even more. And also prioritize date night once a week. It could be morning. It could be evening. It could be nighttime. One of my favorite things that Nash and I did is that we would order each other food and not tell each other like what we're ordering. 
and we'd plan a FaceTime date. We love to do it in the evening because that's just what worked best for us. And we would have a little FaceTime date. You can dress up for it. Like I always put on a little bit of makeup and cute clothes. You can dress a little sexy if you want. Do your thing. Do your thing. It's date night. Like pop off, sis you know, get some wine involved if you want, but it's, it's really fun to do that. Maybe you watch the same TV show or whatever. You guys can eat the same meal, whatever it may be. It, that was one of my favorite ways to like keep the spark alive is at least once a week, prioritize a date night. That is so, so essential. Now it might be not every seven days. Maybe it's like every five to 10 or 11 days because schedules get busy. Okay. Just don't compare yourself to other people just because some people do it every seven days once a week doesn't mean that like if you miss it, you know, all hell breaks loose. Like give yourself a little bit of a grace period. Try to do it at least a few times a month where you guys set aside time to be with each other and have that quality time. Now, I will say the next hurdle that my boyfriend and I had to cross with communication, the biggest learning lesson that I really want to take a deep dive into today was when we moved in together. Now, in this episode, I don't necessarily want to cover like negative and unhealthy communication because let's be real, I think we have a general understanding of what negative and unhealthy communication may look like. It looks different for everybody, but I really want to focus in on just the basics of communication and learning some things about how to communicate with your partner. That's kind of what I want to cover today that maybe you'll learn something new that you can apply in your relationship, or maybe you already do it and you're like, yes, like I'm with you. I've got healthy communication. I do this too. This is great. Um, that's kind of what I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on like the negatives. I really just want to focus on the positives here. And we're going to cover that in this next hurdle of when Nash and I moved in together. That was such a rude awakening and a wake up call of how to properly communicate with your partner. So let's take, let's take a deep dive because we all know that when you move in with your partner, shit changes. It really changes. And I know based off of different beliefs and opinions, you may not agree with moving in with your partner before. And I totally respect that. I get it. Like do your thing, do what's best for you. But I am in full support and encouragement of moving in with your partner before you decide to make you guys long lasting forever before you decide to tie the knot. Like, I think that is so important because you learn literally so much stuff about each other. Nash and I are still learning stuff about each other to this day and about ourselves. And it's, it's awesome. It's the best experience. I totally am for it. Like freaking moving with your significant other. It's like the best time ever, but it does come with a ton of learning lessons and some hardships and some hurdles to cross. And hopefully I can help you with some of those hurdles in regard to communication today. So when it comes to the TikTok that I posted, I'm going to give you a little background. You don't have to watch it. Save yourself the three minutes. But I kind of broke down the old saying, if he wanted to, he would. While I agree with that to an extent, I am calling bullshit because some men operate differently and... Some men just need to be told. Now, 
let me first say that there is a harsh line that we will talk about in a few minutes on men who actively choose to not listen to your communication, to throw it back in your face and kind of be an asshole about it. Okay. I'm not talking about those guys. So we will talk about that in a second. And I think that's where people misconstrued my video. They thought I was talking about the men who like don't contribute and don't put an effort and time and listen to you. I'm not advocating for that because that's not okay. I'm talking about the men who just might be wired a little differently. And by the men, I'm talking about my man. And I know my man is like a lot of men. So this is what Nash and I learned moving in with each other. Okay. When you move in, there's shit that needs to be done around the house. You're starting to talk more about finances. There's things like grown up things that you have to deal with. And a lot of that comes down to just the basics of housework, you know, keeping your environment clean, however that may look for you, doing things for each other, doing things for yourself while still living together. And that was difficult for us at first because I did not understand why Nash wasn't able to fulfill some of my wants and needs. And for me, this is literally one specific example. So do not take this as the norm. But for me, having him contribute to household things and to keeping a clean environment and maybe to, you know, picking up things is a huge thing. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't do that himself. Like if he lived alone, he would be completely fine. He's super hygienic. Sometimes he's a little messy, like we all are. But when you live together, it's kind of like, okay, who's going to do what? Are we both going to do this? Are you going to just do that? Am I just going to do this? Communicating that is super important. That's not something that we did to start off with. So I had some issues with just having basic things done where I would tell him and be like, Hey, like, can you do let's, this is one example. Like, Hey, can you just like do the dishes? Like if you see shit around the house, like, can you just clean it up? Can you just pick it up? Like whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like I'll do it. And then he would do it, but kind of wouldn't do it and wouldn't consistently do it. And it just, it, I felt like I still kept telling him these things. And also I just assumed that after I communicated that with him once, then he would just get it. Like, I already told you, Nash, I told you that this is what I like to be done. Like, why can't you continue to do it? Again, he would do it, but he wouldn't sometimes continue to do it. And I would have to remind him too often. And it felt like I was like babying him to an extent. And it felt like, oh, like, oh my God, it's like living with a child. Like men are children. Like, why do I have to keep telling you this over and over and over? And I realized the way that I communicated with him. And also I had a large level of assumption that he would just be able to do it forever now because I told him once was not the way that he wanted to be communicated with, or it was not the best for him to receive exactly what I was trying to say. He didn't really pick up on the underlying message there. And for me, the underlying message was this, I for sure am the type of gal that like I feel fulfilled and loved 
when you contribute to everything outside of the bedroom, right? That is me. That is not everybody, but that is me. When I see you contributing and putting an effort to maybe running by the grocery store and listening to the things that I needed to, you know, pick up or whatever, or maybe I come home to a clean environment. I'm like, oh my God, wow. Like you thought of me, like that fills me up to a whole different level. It's not necessarily physical touch for me. It's not necessarily, which we'll get into love language. You know, you telling me I'm doing a great job. It's you putting in that time and effort that shows me like, okay, you think about me, you love me, you want me. I want you now because of that. Like meet me in the bedroom in five minutes. No, I'm kidding. But that's how I feel love. But I didn't really know that at the time. I didn't know that that was like fulfilling me. I didn't really realize that because I didn't really get into love languages. Not that I actually know. I didn't really believe in them because I didn't really get them. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, okay, love languages. Like, I feel like those were all the astrology people that were into love languages. Not that I'm not into astrology. I'm, I'm really not. I know that I'm an Aquarius and I feel like I, I fit that to a T, but I don't really even know what that means. Okay. I don't know my sun and my moon and my rising and my falling and my shooting stars. I don't really know that, but I totally believe in like universal shit. Like, okay. Mercury is in retrograde right now. We felt that this past week, right? You were exhausted. You were drained. You were probably napping when you never fucking nap. Like you could not go to the gym. Yeah. We all felt that this week. Like I'm with you sister. So I believe in it. I totally believe in that for sure, but I did not know at the time that that was like my form of love language because I didn't really take a deep dive into that. So this is the conversation that we had. We dug deeper instead of it just being like, why can't you just clean up? Like, I don't get it. It was okay. I just realized something, Nash. I realized that when you put in time and effort into contributing around the house or maybe you're out and about and you stop and you see something and you think of me, that fills me up and that shows me love. That's the way that I feel love. So when I tell you all these things, think of me. If you see the laundry needs to be done, throw it in and and get it started. Or maybe you see it in the dryer, fold it because you're thinking of me and you're like, oh, I know Soph would love if I did that right now. And he told me and communicated with me I hear you and that makes sense to me. I need you to tell me exactly what you need and want from me and I need you to write it out in a list. I'm not kidding, you guys. Nash is a list guy, which is amazing. Lists are the fucking best thing ever. Whoever created the idea of like a list, God bless your soul because lists are amazing. And he's like, I need you to write it out for me. Now to sidebar here, which Nash has shared this on social media before, um, off of my page, but he has auditory processing disorder. And he also in that way, that kind of shows itself in a form of ADHD. So he's not like diagnosed with ADHD, but he's, he's got a, he's got three, I call them learning differences. I don't necessarily call them learning disabilities, even though they are categorized as learning disabilities. He's got three learning differences. One of them is auditory processing disorder. And with those three kind of three learning differences mixed together, it comes out in a form and shows itself kind of in a form of ADHD. And so, you know, all of our people out there who have ADD or maybe ADHD, you start one task, 
you're halfway through, then you think of something else and you're like, oh my God, I need to get that done. Then you start that task, you get it halfway through. And then you're like, wait a minute, I need to research this thing. Like, let me look this up right now. So then you sit on your couch and you're looking it up and then you look it up and then you put your phone down, then you click on the TV and then you look at your house and you're like, I have half of half of everything done, right? That's how Nash was. And he told me, he's like, listen, like I forget things. Like I will not remember things because that's just who I am. He's like, it's not because I don't love you. Like I I love you and I'll do whatever you need me to do and whatever you want and you need for me. Like, just tell me straight up. And I was like, done. I'm hearing you. I'm seeing you. We're good to go. We changed up our, our like communication that way. And so anytime, this is one example, I needed or wanted something, I would tell him and I would be like, Hey, I have to go run a few errands, but are you, you're going to be home for a little bit. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, can you, like, I didn't get to the laundry. Could you throw the laundry in? Could you make our bed? And maybe could you finish up cleaning the dishes? And he's like, yes. Can you text that to me or write it down in a list? So I'll either text it to him or I'll write it down in a list and put it on our fridge or on the counter. And I'll be like, these are, this is what I need done X, Y, Z. And guess what? He would do it. He would get it done. By the time I got home, everything was done. And this is not like an everyday thing, but it was done and it worked perfectly. And at that point, when we changed up our communication, then I did not, I no longer felt that I was communicating to a child and I was babying him and I was berating him. And I'm like, can you do this? Can you do that? Like it no longer feels like I'm constantly having to tell him what to do. What it feels like now is a healthy form of communication. And also me humbling myself and realizing this man can't assume everything that's going on in my head because I used to just leave the house and I would look and I'd be like, okay, there's a few dirty dishes and we have laundry. Like in my head, I'd be like, I hope he gets that done. I'd go out and I would come back and the house would be the same way that I left it. And I would be pissed. And then I would bottle that in and start doing it myself. And he's like, well, what can I help you with anything? And I'm like, no, like fucking shit's out everywhere. Like you, you already saw it early. Like, why didn't you do? And he's like, oh my God, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and that wasn't all the time. There were times that he did do that, but there are times where they don't. And making sure that communication is there is so important. So now that's the way that we communicate with each other. We're huge on lists. He'll write me a list of things that I, he wants me to do, or he needs from me. I'll write him a list of things that I want and need from him. We will communicate it to each other verbally and in person or over the phone. And I'll be like, Hey, this is what you have the work off today. I'm going to be in my office working all day. Do you mind doing X, Y, and Z running to the grocery store, doing this, that, the other, and grabbing this stuff for me? Do you have time to do that? You'd be like, yeah, like I'll get that done. Just write it out for me and text it to me. I'd be like, perfect. I text it to him. He'd get it done. So that's the difference there. Okay. That's the difference between feeling like you're babying and parenting a child and the difference with communicating with your partner. And I think that's where a lot of people misconstrued my video. A lot of people were like, well, if I tell him once, then he should get it done. I'm going to call BS on that. Okay. Because let's get real about this and let's just think realistically in the sense that not all men, not all people think that way. And that's okay. It's not a personal attack against you if they don't go out of their way to do that. Now, let's also remember that there are some men that do that. Men who have a love language of acts of service will do that. 
And I feel like social media pushes that narrative of like, if he wanted to, he would. There's rose petal and flowers and sushi and wine waiting for me. Oh my God, I'm posting it all over social media. And then people are like in the comments, now ladies, that's the definition of if he wanted to, he would. Please, please. That is one example, but that's not the definition. Let's Let's be for real. Okay. It frustrates me because it's okay if that's not how your relationship operates. And also, if you don't agree with the way that I'm like going about things, that's fine. If you have a different way of going about things, but it works in your relationship and you have healthy communication and you and your partner on the same page, win, win, slay the game. Like that's amazing. And I love that for you. But just understand that it's not always going to be like that. Now that we've kind of broken down the basics of communication, I've talked about long distance communication that worked really awesome for my partner. And I get it. Well, it might not work for you. And that's totally fine. Talked about moving in with your significant other and how that may look different and like navigating communication. Okay. I also want to say before we dive into love languages that it takes time you have to give yourself and your partner kindness and patience and grace because just because you tell them once does not mean they're going to get it. And figuring out your different communication methods is so important. Now, this is what I also realized. Hopefully this makes sense because it makes sense in my head, but I'm about to say it for the first time. The way that I communicated with my boyfriend was the way that I like to be communicated with. So to me, it made sense the way that I was communicating to him, to me, because that's the way that I like to be communicated with. So I'm like, it makes sense. Like, why can't you understand? Why can't you do this? Why this and that? And I completely didn't understand and miss the mark of that's not how he decodes and receives information. That is not the way that he likes to be communicated with. And once we figured that out, holy fuck, what a game changer that has been for our relationship. And it has been so seamless since then. It has been so seamless because it just kind of makes sense. And when it clicks, you'll feel it click, but just understand that it takes time and it takes a lot of trial and error. Now I want to now morph into love languages. There are five love languages. You've probably heard that term being thrown out a lot. Love language. Oh, well, my partner's love language is so-and-so. But let's kind of take a little bit of a deeper dive into it because like I said earlier, I didn't really believe in love languages and I did not take a deep dive into it because I'm like, then why does that really mean anything? Like those are all my astrology people like getting too deep. I'm not that deep. I'm going to tell you right now that learning your love language and your partner's love language is so important on top of communication. Like the way that you give and receive love is through love language, is through figuring out your love languages, and that will help your communication significantly. Okay. So let's get into it. The five love languages. The first one being words of affirmation, which are just compliments. Some people like to be told or need the reminder that they look good today. You look good, girl. God, you look beautiful in that. Or you're doing such a fantastic job at work. I see it. Or 
hey, I see all of your hard work around the house and I just want to say I really appreciate it. Or you're fucking busting your ass, balancing the kids and having a full-time job. And I just want to say that I see that and I appreciate that. And guess what? You look fucking hot while doing it all. Or you've been kicking ass in the gym and I can see it. Like, goddamn, slim, thick mama. Okay. Words of affirmation. You get it. Some people like that and they need that reassurance that fulfills them. And that's like, okay, I'm doing good. I needed that reminder. I feel loved. I feel supported. That's one love language. Quality time is the next. Now there's a difference between quality time and quantity time. Just because you're spending a lot of time with somebody does not mean that it's quality time. Okay. I would take five minutes of quality time over five years of a quantity time of really not getting much quality time, like not really knowing who that person is or who you are. Quality time is really being in the presence of another person, of your partner. And I feel like a lot of people share similar quality time things. I feel like, let's be real, it's it's getting off of social media, putting your fucking phone down and being in person, or if you're long distance, connecting through. That's the beauty of FaceTime and Zoom and, and whatever, being able to see and hear your partner from miles away, millions of miles, hundreds of miles, whatever. That's the beauty of it. And that connection is everything and really spending quality time and just digging deep, having deep conversations and connecting your souls. My God, that sounds so cringy, but it's so true. Like getting that level of connection, quality connection is so, so important, but it's not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. Now the next love language is gifts. A gift giving and gift receiving. There's two types of people. Let's be real. Raise your hand if you're a gift receiver. I see you people out there. I can spot you from a mile away, but that's okay. If you like to receive gifts and that's like what fills you up and that's what's like, okay, I know they love me. They're giving me this gift, whatever. I love that for you, sis. I am a gift giver slash acts of service, which we'll get into in a second, but whether it's gifting, receiving it, whatever. Gifts is the next love language. Now, the next one is acts of service. I want to take a second to kind of dive deep, deep into this one because acts of service is, I feel like, the stereotypical narrative, like we talked about earlier, about giving to someone else, doing things for somebody else. That's acts of service. And I'm a huge, that's my love language, like huge, I'm quality time and I'm acts of service. I am huge into doing things for other people. It's what I do for a career. It's, it's who I am. I love giving and helping others. That fills me up to a whole different fucking level that I did not know was even achievable. That is who I am to a core, but it's not who my boyfriend is. Not that he doesn't like to give to people and do things for people. I mean, he's going into a field where it's a very selfless field. If you are a first responder or you work in a hospital or you're in the you know medical field or whatever, 
you guys are some of the most selfless people ever. You constantly give, 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 give to others. And you find it probably really difficult to give to yourself. Now that's a little bit different. Nash is in a relationship setting is not an acts of service kind of guy. I feel like everyone's a little bit of everything with love language, but that's not his main one. And I felt like kind of shitty about that once I realized that, no, I guess I felt shitty about it before I realized what his love languages are because that's the norm of the, if he wanted to, he would, he would go out of his way to do X, Y, and Z. But that right there, that love language is acts of service and not every guy's like that. And that is a motherfucking okay. Let's normalize that. Okay. But acts of service is a, is a fantastic love language. It's who I am to the core. Now, the last one is physical touch. Some people need physical touch. That's how they know and feel love. If your partner is physically touching you, whatever that may be, whatever romantic with you in that aspect, that is huge. And it could be as simple as if you guys are sitting next to each other and like, their hand is on your leg or something because they just need to be touching you or you need that physical connection. That's huge for a lot of people. And it's not a bad one at all. If that's the way that you feel love is through physical connection. Like you just need that. And that solidifies your love for somebody, for your person. That's amazing. And that's the beauty of love languages is that everybody is so different, but I will tell you that it took a long time for me to figure out what my love languages are and also for Nash to figure his own out and for me to kind of help them figure figure it out for him because he, you know, some guys, you know, let's be real. Some guys are going to be like, love languages are bullshit. Like, I don't want to fucking do that. Like, I don't know. I like to get gifts and I like physical touch or whatever. Like, that is, it's not a bad thing if they like that, but sometimes the, the fellas, they don't want to put in that energy and that time and effort. And maybe like you're all in on it and they're like, I don't really give a fuck. So try that going through that with your partner or if not, sometimes maybe you need through a little bit of trial and error, figure that out on your own. And that's kind of what we did. And once I learned my love languages, that changed everything for our relationship. And also that played a huge role in our communication because I know that Nash loves to receive gifts and he's also a huge words of affirmation guy. He needs to be told that he is doing okay and that what he is doing is the right thing and that I'm so proud of him and all of his hard work. He's been through a lot to get to where he's at a lot. It has not been an easy journey for him to get to where he's at in his career, but he, and he has had to work like triple the amount of other people due to his learning differences. He has had to bust his fucking ass and go through a lot of hardships to get to where he's at. And I know because of that experience, words of affirmation is a huge thing, but that developed into a new thing, right? And like love languages can change and that changes depending on your experiences in life and what you're going through. So him going through that experience, I know that I need to go out of my way to make sure that I tell him that I'm fucking proud of him, that he is smart, that he knows exactly what he's doing and he's fucking killing it. Like I know that I need to uplift him and do that. And I don't mind doing that because I love him. Right? So I know that that is a form of communication 
that he needs. And it will change everything. I know that we're getting like super deep into love languages, but it does tie into, I feel like, again, this is all my my perspective on communication and stuff, but it all kind of ties together in some sort of like crazy maze where it all it all goes together. It all flows and it all works together. So I really encourage you to, if you are struggling with communication in your relationship, I totally encourage you to take a deeper dive into figuring out your love language and the way that you like to feel and receive love and communicate that to your partner. Now that brings me to that line. Remember that line that I talked about earlier where I'm like, there's two different kinds of guys and there's probably multiple, but I'm just going to talk about these two. There's a line between men like Nash who maybe you need to shift the way that you communicate to them. Maybe you need to figure out their love language and figure out the way that they need to feel and, and show love And there's a difference between that and a man who, when you communicate to them that this is the way that you show and feel love, this is what you need and want from them in a very reasonable way, not exploding on them or whatever. And you have a very upfront conversation with them of like, Hey, this is what I need and want for you because it's what fills me up. And it's the way that I feel loved. And if they take that and they throw it back in your face or they compare it to you and try to one-up you, or they just straight up say, no, fuck that. That is so not okay. And that is not the kind of guy I'm talking about. And I do not advocate for that at all. If you communicate that to you, say for instance, you communicate to your partner, hey, I just... I need a little bit of extra help around the house. I know I keep bringing you back to this example. There's a, I should probably have come up with more examples, but I'm talking on the fly here. Like this is a very last minute episode. I probably should have come up with more examples, but like if you communicate to your partner, say for instance, like, Hey, I need more help around the house, or I need you to put in a little bit more effort in the bedroom or whatever, or whatever it may be. And they throw it back in your face. They're like, like, um, well, that's your job. I'm not doing that. Or, well, what are you going to do for me then? Or, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Okay. Huge red flag, bright flag, red screaming, beeping. It's a flame, flaming red flag. I it cannot be more clear than that. How much of a red flag that is, because that is so not okay. And Miss ma'am queen, bestie boo, you don't fucking deserve that. You do not deserve that. You deserve a person where you communicate to them your wants and needs. And again, in a respectful way, you have got to give them the benefit of the doubt and you have to be able to communicate that that to them in a respectful way. Because I'm going to tell you that you berating them and yelling at them and, and trying that form of communication they are not going to focus on anything you're saying besides the fact that you're mad and then to be like, oh my God, she's fucking yelling at me. She's crazy. She's this, this. They're not listening to what you're saying. So take a step back and you deserve somebody that where you communicate that to them in a casual setting, they listen to you and they at least try to fix that communication and mold it into a way that works better for you, right? 
that's a huge difference. And I want to make that clear, clear, crystal clear, because that's not okay. And nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that in a friend. Nobody deserves that in a partner, in a lifelong partner. Like that is not, that's not okay. But also I think the other side of things is that you have to give this shit time because communication does not happen overnight. It doesn't. Just because you guys maybe have a good conversation and you're maybe on the same page doesn't mean that in the future they might need that extra conversation again, right? Like Nash and I still sometimes are like, okay, whoa, there's been so much going on. Let's sit down. I feel like we've been getting ahead of ourselves. I need a little bit more from you here. He's like, okay, I need you to do this a little bit more and I need you more here. Then I'm like, okay, good. We're on the same page. We were kind of getting on different pages, but now we're good to go. It's not like a one-time really conversation thing. It definitely is a one-time conversation to set set the tone, right? And like get on the same page, but understand that it's a continuous thing. Your communication is going to change all the time, depending on different life circumstances. Now, Nash and I don't even have a dog, let alone a baby. We have no children. Okay. We're not even married yet. Let's be for real. We are still, and we know that like there are going to be a million different conversations that we have. And also we know that the communication that we're doing now is maybe not going to be the communication that we're going to do in the future because shit's going to change when we settle down and get a dog who, let's be real, dogs are human beings. Okay. Let's get that very clear. You know that they basically, they can understand everything you're saying. They speak English. They may not say it back to you, but you, you and I know that they do. Okay. Dogs are little babies. And then when you have a human fucking child, like that's a whole different story, right? Your communication is going to change. Your love languages are going to change depending on what times of, you know, what periods of life you're in. And I think understanding that is going to be also huge and not like sticking with tunnel vision of like, this is how we're going to communicate for the rest of our lives. Now that is kind of my perspective on communication. We covered kind of a few things today, but I know that there's so many different levels to communication and I know we didn't cover all of them because there's just so much. Like how can we cover all of them in one episode? But I wanted to talk to you guys about today specifically about things that I've learned in my relationship with communication and things that I applied and still have to apply that have worked really well for us. Now, I just want to finish off with this. Hopefully you learned something new today. I know we only talked about kind of specifics with communication. Maybe you can relate to me because this is similar to how you do it in your relationship. Maybe you've learned something new and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally going to try this out. Maybe you completely disagree with me. I'm cool with that too. You guys know that like I am, everybody has their own thoughts, opinions, beliefs, and that is because we're all different. We all grew up differently. We all have different life experiences up until this point. So our viewpoints on all the different shit is going to be different. And I totally respect that, but hopefully you can take something out of today's episode Maybe try it out in your relationship and understand that there is no perfect relationship. Do not compare yourself 
to these couples on TikTok or on social media. Don't ever do it because remember that social media is just a highlight of what is going on that usually is a highlight of good things that are going on, right? It's not getting into the nitty gritty. It's not talking about the bad and the ugly. So it's honestly unrealistic for you to compare yourself to that because you're not getting the full story. You're not getting the full thing there. You're not getting the full image. So don't compare yourself to other people on social media. And also do not compare yourself to me and my relationship and what I talked about today. Because if you operate differently, just understand that that is okay. It is okay. You will find either you will find a partner who is able to communicate the way that you want to be communicated with and figure out your love languages and fulfill that. Or maybe you already have one and maybe you guys are working through that right now. You'll get it figured out. It'll all be okay. Don't worry about it, but do not compare yourself at all. Oh, that's all I got. That is all I got. I'm going to get ready for a girl's night. I'm excited. I'm hitting the town. You guys, I'm going out. I'm putting myself out there more because I've been dormant for the past couple years. And I told Nash, I'm like, let's just get out more, dude. Like we don't have to drink and party and stuff. Like we may wherever the night may carry us to the break of fucking dawn, but let's just get out more. Let's do more. Let's do it. So I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I'm going out more and I'm loving it. I'm feeling good. I've got this new kind of energy about me. Maybe it's short-lived. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be for a while. I don't know. But I've got to get ready for girls night. You guys know me. I'm also like so dizzy and lightheaded and I'm caught mouth after this episode (laughs) because what's new? But I want to say if you took time to listen to this full episode, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks for taking a little chunk out of your day to be with me, to listen to me, to hear me out. I so, so appreciate your time and your energy, and I really appreciate your guys' support. All of the reviews that you guys have left so far seriously leave me in tears. I am so grateful for you in this community that we have built here And I just love you so much. So I just wanted to say thank you. I'm so forever grateful for you. Everything that you say to me or whatever does not go unnoticed. If there's any topics that you want me to cover or any feedback that you have from any of my episodes, please shoot me a DM. I read all of them. Even if I don't get back to all of you guys, just know that like I read them all and I fucking love you guys. So thank you for being amazing. Thank you for being the literal best group of of people, of human beings that I've ever had the grace to experience. And I love you guys so much. But thank you again. And I love you. And I will talk to you soon.